All right, welcome back in. Today we have Coach Hall. Uh, he's a football coach at Richardson High School, I believe. Yes, sir. Richardson High School, just uh, right there in North Dallas in Texas. Oh, wow. Okay. I wasn't sure exactly where that was. Uh, so coaching high school football in Texas, that is big time when you're coaching high school football in Texas. Um, but coach, thanks for being here. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. No, I appreciate you reaching out to me. Uh, excited to spend some time with you tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a dumb football coach. You're smarter than me. So you might have to teach me a couple things here. Um, but let's talk about how did you end up, um, at Richardson high school in Texas? Like what was the path to get there? Yeah. So I kind of took a, a different path. Um, Played football at Abilene Christian out in West Texas uh-huh. and started GA. And once I graduated, started at Angelo State, was there for a season, ended up at Stephen F. Austin, was there for two seasons, um, was able to work with two different staffs there, um, ended up at Colorado State in 2020 during the COVID year. Uh-huh. And then most recently was at Kansas State for about two and a half years on um, GA in there with the O-line with, with Connor Riley there. And then kind of after finishing two masters started looking at everything went through the hiring cycle um and kind of during recruiting helping our tight ends coach brian lapack was calling some of the north dallas schools for him trying to get spring dates and one of my former college coaches kendrick holloway got the head job at richardson high school so i reached out to coach holloway about their spring dates and he was kind of just we were, we were catching up and he was asking me what my plan was and Kind of told him I was looking to to get back to Texas to uh-huh. uh, teach and coach, and he said or he kind of thought I was kidding, and he was looking for a tight ends and um, assistant O line guy, and it just kind of went from there. So I was able to link up with somebody who, when I was 17 years old, was sitting at my dinner table on my home visit, and uh-huh. that I got to spend some time with as a college athlete for a couple of seasons, and get to work with him every day and work with one of my former teammates who's our offensive coordinator and then another guy who's an ACU grad that coaches our O-line, Alan Copeland. So get to be around some really familiar places uh-huh. and back home in the state of Texas, which is awesome. Yeah, you know, I'm starting to see more and more people, either GA or coaching college, go back to high school. That, like, is that a new trend you're seeing too? Because I'm starting to see that a little bit, especially if it's Texas, like they're going back and coaching in high school. Yeah, you know, you see it a little bit here and there. Um, you know, like I said, after doing it for six years and I was able to finish two masters and yeah, work with so many great people. Um, you know, and sometimes you you gotta make decisions and that's okay. And that doesn't mean that you're ever out of it. But um I always told myself I would, if I did high school football, I'd always be back home in Texas. Right. And it it is a little different. And I grew up, my my dad was a coach. Um you know, still works in the, in the school district back home. My mom is an administrative assistant at the school district back home as well. So it's just that that became natural for me. I knew I wanted to coach, um, impact kids, and, and be around the sport. And what better way to do it than doing that? I was going to say, it's like you're coaching college anyway when you're in Texas and certain parts. Because <laughs> I had a Yes, bu- sir. There, there's no doubt. Because I had a guy when I coached. I went to Eastern Illinois University. Then I coached at Charleston High School there in town. And a guy my first year there who was younger was an assistant coach. Then he went GA'd with Eastern for a little bit. Then he GA'd at Northern Iowa. Then he GA'd at uh, UTEP. Then he's like, I'm done with college. There's a lot of shady stuff that goes on. I don't like it. 
and moved to Texas and has been coaching high school Texas ball. He started in middle school. Now he's in high school. And I asked him about it before, and he goes, it's just like college. <laughs> he goes, but it's high school. Like, the stadiums are super – I think he might be outside of Dallas, too. I don't remember. It's somewhere. And he's like, the stadiums are the same. Like, it's it's big time. So he's like, I don't have the pressure of college. I have the pressure of high school. We can still lose our jobs. Mm-hmm. And he's required to coach two sports. He's like, I have to pick. And it was football and track. And yep. so I was like, oh, you're forced to? He goes, oh, yeah, they don't hire you unless you're doing two sports which is crazy. And then I said, can you stop coaching them? They go, no, they'll frown upon that. I'm like, oh, in Illinois, once you're tenured, you could stop and they don't care. So it's way different in Texas. Yeah. And they, uh, I think kind of during the COVID year became more of a thing was a retire rehire. So you Uh can retire and then be hired as a kind of a part-time employee as a coach only. And you don't have to teach. Okay. So that's kind of something they started, you know, with a shortage of things, but, so you're paid differently, but you're kind of pulling some retirement with a stipend. So um just kind of depends on where you're at. You know, if you're older coach that you're done it 30-something years and you retire, maybe you get the opportunity to get rehired and just coach ball. And some of those guys end up taking that opportunity, which I think is a great, great thing to keep older coaches around who are so experienced that a lot of young coaches can learn a lot of good things from. Right. Yeah, in Illinois, you just have to pass a test with the state, and it's good for life. You don't have to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And that, yep. was, that was the big thing. And we're having problems finding just coaches, not just not in the building. It's across the board. Um, after the COVID year, or maybe the year after that, we lost like four or five coaches. It took us like seven months, like almost the football wow. season, to find coaches. There's just none. And we're in the process of trying to find another one again. And we're like, do you know anybody? Do you know anybody? And we're like, no, like you don't. And Or it's they want a teaching job. But if there's no teaching job, they're not going to coach. And mm-hmm. I, I don't blame them, but then there's nobody out there. So we're it's it feels like coaching's on the decline a little bit. I don't, I, I can't remember if in Texas it was or not, but everywhere, every, we nobody – like some football teams around here went into the season without a full staff. They just can't. That's sad. It is, you know, and it's, it's, and I'm sure it's changed for, for everybody from wherever you're at is, you know, the, the kids, it's different, you know, it's different than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it is. And, um, it can be demanding doing it. You know, you put in a lot of hours, just like you and I were talking about before we started, it's you get home at who knows when, And you get there, who knows when, you know, it's dark when you leave and it's dark when you get home. And some of the things that's, that's what you sacrifice for. And there are a lot of good things with it too. You know, the the seeing kids grow and mature and um, learn how to compete and push themselves. And that's, that's the fun part of it. And, but you do spend a lot of time away from your kids, which I'm, you know, at this point I don't have kids. So I kind of just have to worry about myself, but when that time comes, you have to make some sacrifices for sure. Yeah, it's uh, for football. It's not too bad. Basketball. It's Groundhog Day every day. We get we leave when it's dark. You home when it's dark. Then you do it all over again the next day. Uh, <laughs> if you have a basketball game, you don't get home till nine o'clock, nine thirty. You get up and go back to school at seven a.m. And you know it's Groundhog Day every day. And you know I don't have kids yet either. But you still I I coach three sports: football, basketball, baseball. So I do all of them. Mm. And but that's all I, I think you might be in the same boat. That's all we know 
is when you're playing sports your whole life, then you go to college. If you're playing college ball, fantastic. If you're not, you're kind of in this void of, well, I'm used to being in this disciplinary thing. Like I have a set schedule and then that's all you know. And then when you start coaching, that's all you know. And so yep. even though it's a, how do you do it all the time? Well, I'm like, well, I did it my whole life. Like 6 a.m. workouts, you had a game, you had this, you had this. So it's like, now I get to be the one yelling and like controlling everything. So to some so people, I don't, have to, I don't have to run when somebody tells me to get on the line. I don't have to now. <laughs> that's true. That is very true. There's no punishment for us of running. They're just like, I don't have to do that. Uh, the kids sometimes do. If I make a mistake, hey, you should get on there and run. And I laugh and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't have to. I'll, I'll get the golf cart out and I'll drive it down and back. But that's about it. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any big transition getting into the high school game after BG and Ain in college? Was there any like this is a lot different or this is frustrating or. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the, I think every, you, whether I went from school to school or from college to high school, you know, I think there's always a learning curve with everything. And one of the biggest ones was you're dealing with 14 to 18 year olds now instead mm-hmm. of 18 to 23 year olds. And I don't forget this kid doesn't have his license yet. So yeah they're dependent on their parents or they're dependent on a older sibling. So you just never know. And you had requirements in college versus, Hey, this kid might just not want to show up. And there's like, what do you do? So, or you've got to go, you know, get, get kids, take them home, things like that. that You've got to learn um, who's the kid, what's their background. Uh Um, you know, do they have people around them that can support them that are supporting them? And those are the things you got to find out pretty quickly. And I think that that helps you one build camaraderie with the kids and build a rapport of how much can you push this kid to where they, they do trust you. Uh And the more that you're around them, learning their habits, um, and their demeanor as well is going to get you more and more involved in their own lives. And how far can you push that kid? Um, you know, so with that, that was a big transition um, because we were very fortunate when I was at Kansas State, phenomenal O-line room. I mean, mm-hmm. just full of great human beings, but kids that had a chip on their shoulder. Um, our starting center, Hayden Gillum, was a former walk-on who was a D-lineman, transitioned to center, became an all-conference kid. Um, Cooper Beebe, he is a Outland Trophy finalist right now this season, um, will be – Hopefully a first round pick um, is, I mean, everything you could ask of a kid. He is detail oriented, um, just a phenomenal human being, comes from a great family and just loves football, loves the the grind of it and embraces it. And um, you just, you, you, you see kids like that. That's what they crave is football mm-hmm. structure and being pushed. So, but again, you're dealing with grown men right. and, now you're dealing with young kids and it's different or, you know, what you were teaching with this level of detail, how can you get it back to square one? Yep. Because yep. some of them still don't know how to get in a stance or, you know, what's the ball of your foot. You've got to explain what the ball of the, the foot is mm-hmm. where you get so used to kids understanding. Oh yeah. I know what his own step is. I know what, a two foot split looks like I can do that. You sometimes you'll have to start at square one, but you can start advance a little bit quicker 
Um, so you got to kind of change your your language of how you teach it or the structure of how you teach it. Slow it down, break it down even further than what you've been used to. Mm-hmm. So just kind of that the the level of detail is different. Um, not that I I don't like being detailed, but sometimes I've got to slow down and remember. Yeah. Hey, some of these kids don't know what this what I'm saying when I say over and under or, you know, this type of front, this stunt, this blitz. You've got to draw it for them. Right. And try to right. teach them what it is. Um, so you go through that transition as well and that and that learning process. So um, and like I said earlier, you know, I was very, very fortunate that I grew up in a coach's office mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hearing that from third grade until I graduated high school. I picked up on so much and how to interact with coaches or how to hold a conversation and interact with adults. And those are things that some of these kids, it's, you know, like you and I were talking about the COVID, the COVID year was different for them. Yeah. The whole social structure is, is tough. And so you throw that into the ring and you still learn about kids and their social skills, but then you throw teaching into it and it's a totally different ball. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I get to teach world geography, so I teach freshmen, and and it's hilarious. You know, you just never know what you're <laughs> going to get with some of them. And they, uh, they'll tell you about their basketball games or their cheerleading event or somebody's trying out for soccer. And um, I got talked into coaching Powder Puff this year, coach the <laughs> freshman team. So that was a lot of fun. So you've got to, again, you know, they're, they're used to seeing you in a classroom setting right. or – seeing you on the field and then you got to go coach powder puff. And, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so that was fun. So we had to find common ground. So, you know, we, uh, we use Taylor Swift albums as formations and Taylor Swift <laughs> songs as plays. And that's kind of how we ran with it. And they loved it. And we, we were able to win one game and lost the lost in the championship, but they had a lot of fun mm-hmm. and that's what it's about. And now they see myself and, uh, Coach Copeland in the hallway, and they say hi to us. And so you're building relationships with people all around the school. Right. And other teachers, other other faculty, administration, whatever it is. And that's how you build a program. That's how you build a school. Right. And it just starts with building relationships. But that never changes. That's the fun part. Right. And the thing I learned, because this is my 14th year. I started when I was 19. Uh, the one thing I learned is – you could kind of coach all the kids the same back in the day, like coaching loudly, I guess, not yelling. You're just whatever. And then the more it went on, the more I realized maybe this kid isn't receptive to this type of way, but this kid is. Uh, So now when you talk to this kid, you have to talk to them differently than this kid. And so as a coach, that's more not stress, but it's more you have to pay attention to on top of, are they lining up right? Are they running this play right? Are they doing whatever? Are they watching film? And then you got to worry about that. And then, like you said, maybe you found out this kid's grandma died a week ago. Now they're acting this way. Or you know this kid is uh, doesn't have a good home life. Or I coached at a school where we had kids living out of their car. Like, you kind of had to know that. And so you had to coach them a certain way. And um, you're almost like a psychologist at times, too. Like, you're a therapist, psychologist on top of it. And like in Illinois, we don't have resources like a college does. Like, hey, go talk to this person, this person. And sometimes we're also their counselors. 
because as a coach, we realized this. We did a staff appreciation for basketball yesterday. The kids get to pick a staff member, take a picture. They mm-hmm. get celebrated. I would say 13 out of 15 were coaches. And so it was wow. – and you're like, oh, coaches almost tr- are trusted more by these kids than counselors for like – I have kids come up and say, can you help me with homework? And I'm looking at it and I'm like, what is this? And I go, it's, uh, it's trigonometry. I'm like, nah, uh, don't, don't ask me to do that. That's not happening. Nope, don't yeah, don't ask me. I, I won't have a clue. No, but like they won't go ask the teacher. They won't go ask the counselor. They're coming to us, and we're like, we'll try. And I'm like, oh, when do they start putting letters with numbers? I don't know what that is. Like, oh, you got a history question? Got it. Oh, you got a PE question? I got you. The rest of it. I got you on the PE. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to learn how to throw a dodgeball? I got you. Let's do this thing. Uh, but absolutely. A funny story was when I coached at the school with kids living out of their car, there was kids, don't know if they were in gangs, you don't know anything, it's considered low income, and I was coaching them hard, I was a little bit younger, and I'm like, getting after them, and they're like, Steve, some kids you can't do this to, and I'm like, I don't care, blah, blah, and you know, you're getting after it, and they come up to me the next day, and this kid was like, nobody's ever yelled at me like that before, and I'm like, oh God, he's going to punch me in the face, or do whatever, and he goes... <laughs> you're ever in trouble in this town, call this number. You're good. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Appreciate that. And then ever since then, I was like the only guy that could like get on him. If somebody other coach did it, he freaked out. I could. Interesting. I could. Yeah. Um, I did in a game, like I'd pull him off and like start calling him out and he'd get really mad. And then he'd look at me and be like, you're right. You're right. And, and, and people think, well, that's because of me. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because you found a way to connect with them. I have no, I don't know what I did, but I just did it. And that was a big thing with, um, with high school. And I helped out Eastern Illinois for two seasons for like spring ball. They let us come on and like help with drills. And that's when Babers was there and Jimmy G and all of them. And, okay. um, and I realized watching them coach college kids was way different than what we had to do with high school kids. And now they still reach the kids, but like you said, it's more, you know, I can't even think of it. It's more like right there. Like you have to, it's boom, 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 boom. And they got people to take care of things. We don't, you know, Mm -hmm. um, was there big things you learned from being a GA at Kansas state? Kansas state's a good football program like that. And the other colleges you went to, one of our coaches went to Stephen F. Austin. Like there's just these, football places so was was there things that you took from there and said i can definitely do this here but maybe there's some things i just can't do here yeah you know drill wise you always look at it um certain drills that we could do um at k-state and maybe it's not to the magnitude of what we did but we can still break it down piece by piece to hopefully get to an accelerated level with these kids here and we've been able to implement some steps and things um like that but we haven't just you know completely dive dove into really the whole deal um you know myself i got here in june so um left kansas got here in june coach copeland our our o-line coach and run game coordinator got here in really middle of march early uh-huh. april so this is really, you know, the first time that we're really just kind of getting to dive into everything. And we're hitting back on stance and steps, right. little things, but learning how to use our cores and strengthen obliques, you know, the, the posterior chain, little things. And you can implement a lot of that in some of your drills. 
Right. So the footwork thing is what we're trying to really hit on, you know, so you can take things and when we're trying to get them to do a certain step, like I've had the ability to, to pull out my hard drive before and like, hey, guys, like this is what we're trying to get you to accomplish and show them a drill. And they're like, right. oh, okay. Right. And they're seeing somebody who's only a couple years older than them do it or – you know, we were fortunate enough to have some some very talented young freshmen in that old line room up in, up in Manhattan and showing them, hey, guys, this kid was 18 years old. Like, this is what he looked like trying to do this. Right. So don't feel stupid. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, that's a kid that's on scholarship. Up there. Yeah. It, it's hard. And But we're trying to take it to a smaller level and implement some things with that. And that was one thing that – you know, Coach Riley was phenomenal at was just being able to teach and break it down. And as times as alignment, it can become so mundane. And yes. just, oh, man, why are we doing this? But if you told me to get in a stance and take a six-inch zone step, I know what it feels like for it to be what it needs to be. I can tell you if I did it wrong or what was wrong with mm-hmm. it. And – it's very similar um, when we started throws practice with shot and disc. You can feel when the disc comes off the wrong finger or out of the back of your hand or when the shot rolls off the wrong finger because you've done it so many times. Right. And that's why it's so important to try to break things down for them to understand. And it's muscle memory. Muscle memory doesn't leave. And that's the fun part is, you know, I was kind of joking with my dad one night. We were talking on the phone and, um, he said he was out at their football practice, the school he works at one day, just kind of watching. And they were trying to teach a kid how to deep snap early on in the season because they needed a deep snapper for punting. And my dad walks over and can still snap it 15 yards right at the belt line <laughs> because it's just, you know, he's in his 60s, but it's just, it's muscle memory. Right. And it's something that he had to do for years in high school and something that I can still do. And it was just a tool that you put in your tool belt, but. It's things that you practice, and that's what we're trying to get these kids to learn is, hey, like, we're not trying to get you to do certain things like this, but we want you to get it like this. So then as you learn that, now we can progress to the next step. And once you get that down, now we can progress to the next step. And a senior is going to hopefully be able to do it a little bit better than a freshman. But if that freshman can start learning early on and now get to that progression, can he be better than that senior when it's time? And so implementing some certain drills to learn, um, you can do certain things, but there's stuff that you want to stay away from. Right. You know, you don't get as much individual time in high school. You know, you don't get as much film time, which is okay. And that was something I had to adjust to as well was we might get lucky and get 25 minutes Uh versus in college, you're real lucky. You might get an hour 30 right. and you're watching everything from indie to um, inside run to half line to team to one-on-one pass rush, you know, so you're getting everything, which right. is great. But now you're trying to speed through the film and like, all right, here's what's wrong here. You know, you and you, you're the two biggest issues here. Next play, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, that was tough. That was a huge adjustment for me as well. And, uh, um, took the took the film room for granted for sure with how much time we had in college so yeah because in high school you you need to like break things down for all the kids you almost have to like go through each each spot you know and you or you want to anyway in college you could probably do that or like 
if there's multiple coaches of you for the O-line room, you might sit – I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong. You could be, like, looking at the guards while they look at the tackles and be like, what's wrong here? What's wrong here? Boom, boom, boom. High school, if it's just you and you're looking at it, I do it all the time. And sometimes I have to go back and, like, we're just going to do these plays. But then I find myself watching, re-watching the play again with them. I'll see something else I don't like, and I'm like, well, hold on a second. I didn't see that the first time. What the hell were you doing here? And then you like – or – but the one thing I learned in high school is you could joke on film. So sometimes I'll just make something up like, man, you're higher than Snoop Dogg on this play. What are you doing here? And like, you know, or, or uh, hey, you know, when you think about a buffet and you're running to it, why don't you do that here on this play? Or, you know, whatever it is, you know, and the kids have fun with it. But then, like you said, the film room, you get like 20 minutes because it's so like, you don't want to keep the kids there until 7 p.m. You, you just can't. Uh, college, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> You could do whatever is necessary. Yeah, not whatever. You know, there are there are some <laughs> rules. You know, the compliance will the compliance will double check. You know, I can carry logs, but um you are fortunate though. And really beside the quarterback room, that O line room usually gets the, the the second longest film session. They just do. Yeah. I also heard that's the first GA that gets hired is the O line all the time. Uh yeah, it depends. Yeah, a lot of it depends, yeah. So that was um you know, you gotta. That's just such a huge room, and there's so many, so many different personalities, so many people that you got to help with. And that was the fun part with those guys. You just built such a relationship. And you know, while I'm 28, so I'm closer to their age, and you know, you're able to to see things like like you said earlier. A kid comes in all of a sudden, and he's usually that happy-go-lucky kid, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's real quiet, and he kind of has his hood on, or. And you're kind of looking at it like, hmm, you know, and I had a really bad day of class or him and his girlfriend are arguing and you're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. Something's going on at home and they might be five hours away and they can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And that's hard on them. You know, they might come from a single parent home and um, little little sibling might be going through something that, that can be hard on an older kid as well. Right. And those are things you got to look out for. and. Um, kind of, you know, walk into the line coach's room like, hey, so-and-so is kind of going through some stuff. You might just want to check on him, you know, because you see a change in demeanor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. So you might look at it through practice. You know, how's he going? How's he, how's things going with him? And those are things you got to be alert for as well because, you know, it's when you start playing at a high level at, at large universities, that there's a lot of pressure on those kids. Right. And that was something that we were very fortunate that, um, just implementing sports psychologists and and people to help those kids. There was a huge donation where we were able to do that. And you just years ago you wouldn't have ever heard about it, right? And now it's such a a topic that people are willing to talk about, which I think is great. And just getting kids help because you just never know. I mean, yeah. it's the social media age. You know, we I kind of came on the on the front end of it. You know, as it started, mm-hmm. and these—I mean, these poor kids, man. These these young kids, especially. It's you never know. You have a bad game, and everybody hates you, right? And the next week, you are the the savior of the game, and you just never know. And same thing with coaches; it, it can be hard. You know, one week you score forty-five points, win a big game. The next week, you score twenty-four, and you win by three when you were projected to win by. 14 and now you're an idiot and you have no idea what you're doing or 
you know, so it, it's hard and it's so draining mentally on kids, but helping point them back to what's important and the importance of, Hey, like, no, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. Let, let's show you the tape of how good you really are. And just, that's when you've got to, in that meeting room, figure out, okay, like you said, how can I coach this kid? Is it speaking life into him today? Mm-hmm. Is it getting after him a little bit, getting him ready to go? So that's the you, – you play with so many different personalities. You just have no idea. And then when those guys start mixing personalities, that's when the room becomes great. Yep. And when they start leaning on each other. And that's when it gets real fun is when yeah. it's a player-led room and a player-led program. And you've instilled a culture of discipline – and excellence and hard work and then those kids run with it. that's when yep. it gets real far yep um you hit the nail on the head with like the mental health stuff like i'm not much older than you but back then you never would have talked about it like it was suck it up suck it up suck it up which we still do say on some things like okay you got to get through it blah blah blah, blah. but to, i think i realized that when i was 25 years old as an oc the way the locker room was set up was the coach's offices right in the middle. You got the locker rooms on each side. There's doors. And I'd get there early because I didn't work in the building. I'd get there early and I'd have the door open. And I realized, okay, we're going to have an open door policy. And so, like, if the door is open, the kids can come knock on the door, walk in, talk to you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they come in like, Coach Steve, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, sure. Shut the door. They shut the door. We had a couch in there. And sometimes they literally just lay on the couch and be like, my girlfriend broke up with me. And then you have to talk to him about that. Or, like, you know, I'm failing yeah. class or – Mom and dad aren't doing good and all that stuff. And then you got to realize that, okay, so then when you're new, you go to, like you said, go to practice and you realize, like, if they're practicing good, then you know, then they're they're good. If they're struggling, we cannot yell at him and get on them because you don't know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine college because, like you said, uh, kid can miss a block and Twitter is going to go nuts and say, like, why does he have a scholarship? And then ESPN comes on and those guys, well, this guy's terrible. And it's mm-hmm. like – I don't think he's terrible. He's a four-star full scholarship player. I don't think he's terrible. I think he still knows how to play football. Maybe the D lineman was better. Like, I never understood that. And you're right. I couldn't imagine just – especially if you're on a team that's on a losing streak and they're close games and you're just scrolling through it. Like, they suck. They suck. And a kid could be 20 years old and the it's a 50-year-old. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, those are those accounts that have like the five followers yes. that are just those trolls, man. You just never know. And um, yeah, it's like, man, if you have a bad game, just just do not search for your name. Just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't look at Twitter for like a week till the mm-hmm. next game. Do not do it. Uh, it already happened with all the championship games too. Like, well, this kid's bad or this is bad. I I can't do it. You know. No, it's just it, you know you you feel for them and you see it and. But it's it's an unfortunate part of it, and but it's such a fun sport, and that's when you rally around kids. And like I said, you got to speak life into them. Some days when it gets hard, and you just never know what they're going through. Some kids won't tell you a word; you just have no idea. And then finally, they'll spill everything. You're like, wow! Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. So, yeah, you just never know. Yeah, um, for you being at colleges and stuff. When you got to your high school, did you have any input on, like, what the run game would look like? Did you have any, like, say in what it was going to be? Or did you walk in and say, this is what we do? 
blah, 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 because you did come from a Kansas state that was very, seemed like a gap scheme heavy, but I could be wrong. It was a bunch of mixture of things. Like, did you have any say in that? And then like, did you, were you able to tweak things as it went through? Yes, sir. You know, so like I said, we kind of split the O-line this year. Um, fortunate to learn from Alan Copeland. He's been coaching, I believe, uh, 13, 14 years. Uh-huh. Um, so getting to learn from him. He was a fullback at ACU. So he kind of saw it from that perspective. So we get to mix perspectives, which is fun. Right. Um, you know, with, with me having the tackles and tight ends, him kind of overseeing the interior, but then working as a collaborative unit on the run game. Uh-huh. And, you know, so it was at first – all right, here's what we want to do, and it's it's Coach Holloway's offense. So, you know, what do we want to do? We're more spread, uh-huh. um, a lot of 10 and 11 personnel stuff. So how can we get good at our zone schemes? What kind of one-back power can we run? Um, what kind of two-back power stuff can we run out of 11? Whatever it might be, can we run QB stuff? Um, what do we want to do? So able to implement different things that way, kind of mix philosophies, mix footwork, Um and Coach Holloway will tell you, he was, Coach Holloway was a tight end. And there's times that he'll hear myself and Coach Copeland going back and forth about something. He's like, hold on, draw it for me real quick. Because he wants to see it. Right. Okay, so let's draw it versus a four-man front because that's what our defense runs. Now let's draw it versus a three-man front, which was primarily what we saw in our district. Okay, make sure we're good on four eyes. Make sure we're good on fives. Okay, split box, perfect. Three-four structure, we're good. Um, so being able to mix that, you know, we were pretty – we were actually a decently heavy um, gap scheme team this year, which was great. Our back, um, his first year starting, he's a between the tackles running back, ran for he, – he was four yards shy of about 1,109 games. Wow. And I was like, can we find him four more? I mean, <laughs> but, um, you know, had a great senior year, but was able to hit some things downhill. We were able to do some, some man schemes with some ISO, some QB ISO, where the mm-hmm. running back was a lead blocker and 10 personnel – um getting to implement some unbalanced in high school you know that was a big one that we did at kansas state i was i was very fortunate to learn from colin klein with that stuff which he just got hired at texas a&m as offense coordinator and will do tremendous things in the sec he is you know i i grew up watching him play and you know you always hear about these big time players right well this is who he is as a person you know and everything that I heard about Colin Klein is absolutely true. He is the salt of the earth. He is a fantastic human being, um, phenomenal husband, father, and a tremendous football coach. And there is no doubt in my mind he will be successful wherever he goes just because he is, one, competitive son of a gun, mm-hmm. and two, he is wicked smart. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so just being able to learn some of that stuff, we were able to implement some, you know, empty unbalanced or three by one unbalanced with some motions and getting people out of fits, which was fun um, to implement some of that stuff and get creative. So being able to mix a lot of things and um, doing that with the run game was a lot of fun and, you know, heavy gap scheme. We were heavy gap scheme at at K-State because that is what they're going to hang their hat on is a downhill physical unit. And um, that is what uh, that is what Coach Riley wants to do. He wants to run that ball, and with the North Dakota State ties that they had, that was something they did in in the Missouri Valley for years. Mm-hmm. They brought it to Kansas State, and Kansas State's had that that mantra: of, "We're gonna we're gonna run the ball." Yep. And saw guys like Deuce Vaughn do some tremendous things, some unreal things as well. And 
now you're seeing DJ Giddens do the same thing. So, you know, Coach Anderson, the running backs coach up there, does a great job preparing those guys. And so taking some of those things and kind of taking it back to a couple couple squares down. And right. now can we implement it? So things like that was really fun to mix philosophies and mix rules and how are we going to do it? Um, so that, that, that got really fun kind of doing that on some Sundays. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say it. No matter who is coach at Kansas State, they run the football. It doesn't matter. It used to be I formation. Now it's a little spread, pistol, whatever it is. And then, I what was it, last year maybe or the year before? A lot of jet sweep stuff, jet sweep power read stuff. And our, yep. our OC loves power read. And so he would watch everybody that did it, and we had to try to do it. And then we Because we didn't really have a true kick-out person. Like we just could not find the person to kick out. So we came a lot of – Push run power read or power read RPOs and trying to freeze the linebacker as soon as they see the guy pull. Like, are they going to stop? And, and you know, our quarterback can run, so are they going to ignite on that? Can we toss it? You know, power toss, all that stuff. Because um, yep. I'm probably the only O-line coach I will sit here and go, <clears throat> I'll run zone first. I think that's I'm the only one that's going <laughs> to say wide zone, inside zone, and ISO. I'm like, run those three first, then I'll do power. And, you know, I just had Coach Waltz, he's – co-host of run the power podcast i had him on here yesterday and i told him that and i was like that's why i never came on your podcast because i run power fourth i can't it's not the first one and he's like well why and i'm like it's easier for me i don't know i love zone i don't know i love the whole premise of where's the running back gonna go i love the whole uh line just you gotta block the guy in this area and you know i was a guy that inside zone as double teams and then this year for some reason, well, we did it, and then what started to hurt me was slants. A team was really fast mm-hmm. at slanting, so I knew that teams were going to start doing that. So the second half of that game, I just went to old school. We're going to step here and go, and it slowed down that slant so much that I said, we're just going to go back to old school inside zone. Like, you just have to, and I died on the inside. I'm like, oh, I want a double team. I want to push people around, um, but – Wide zone was our baby this year. It, it was. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you guys in college. I learned it for the first time a few years ago. And I call, I got on Zoom with somebody and I said, I want to learn wide zone. And they said, okay, and they're showing me. I said the words outside zone later and they stopped. And they go, well, which one are you trying to do? It's not It's not outside zone. No. It's not. No. And I, I was like, oh, sorry, uh, still wide zone. He goes, you sure? Because you just said outside zone. They're not the same. And I'm like, well, how are they not the same? And so they got back on and showed everything. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I did not mean to offend you. Um, and I did the same thing with inside zone with a college coach. I was trying to be the the jerk. And I said, so tell me, why is this different than inside zone? I'm trying to be in like a joke. And he was like, sat up really straight. And he goes, I've been doing this like 10 years. Like, let me tell you why duo is duo. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I was just trying to joke around. And they were real sensitive. Not sensitive, but they were like, hold on. Kind of like the run and shoot the people. Duo, the duo play is is a fun one as well. That was something that I really got exposed to at Colorado State when I was working um, with Steve Adazio as the head coach up there. You know, that was something they used to run at Florida a ton mm-hmm. um, back when Urban Meyer was there. And um, it was something that we started running a ton of at K-State, you know, when because Coach Riley, obviously those guys are, are known for running that A-gap power. Yep. And – where it's truly that hard downhill, boom, I'm hitting the 8A, and that's it. Uh-huh. And it's a true downhill running play. And 
we got to where we ran a lot of duo. Um, Deuce Vaughn was very, very good at reading that, that Mike linebacker. Yep. And it will do it out of a lot of different formations to dress up with some motions using, you know, jet sweeps or, or jet motions with that, running, with that wide receiver to take the edge player. And now you're on the shelf at, who knows, six, seven yards, making a safety, make a play. And um, if Deuce Vaughn is in the open field against the safety, there was a lot of times that we were gonna we were gonna take that bet, and it came to fruition a lot of times with some games, and and he did what he did, and it was a very efficient play for us, a very explosive play. You marry it with some really good RPOs, with some unbalanced, and you just never know. And yeah. so dual was a great thing as well, especially with a lot of three man fronts. To your to your question about the slants and twists, yeah, you gap it out, and there's no puller. You take the inside gap, and the gap is the gap, and you take yep. it. And it's that true power no pull is mm-hmm. what it's going to look like, and how are they going to fit it? And that's that's what they got to that's what they got to answer. You do it out of some twelve personnel, thirteen, whatever it is, and and protect that backside edge with another tight end and some thirteen personnel. They got to fit it. Yeah, there's there's extra yeah. gaps, which is fun. Yeah, I, that was the play coming into the off season. I said I want to do duo. Can we get rid of ISO kind of and do duo? I want more of that. The thing that struggled was the we had new running backs, and the thing they struggled with was inside zone. They want to bounce or cut, and then we came down to duo. I'm telling them to read the backer. Where are they going to go? And they tried to bounce it early when they weren't supposed to, and it just became a whole thing. And so in high school, you got to figure out what they can do and say, okay, well, <laughs> the head coach always says this. Tell me what they can do, not what they can't do. And I'm the jackass that comes in and says, but I got to tell you what they can't do so I can tell you what they can do. And he does not like that. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, well, for example, this kid cannot read this Mike linebacker and get to where he needs to go. But on wide zone, he is very good at reading the defensive end and getting downhill. So we're going to do wide zone, you know, and it was <laughs> or on ISO. He is very good at following the wing, leading him up into the hole. Like he's very good at that. So guess what we should do? We should probably do that. Um, yes. Or the old school ISO or belly wing and guard insert. Here we go. Yeah. And I'm like, he's good at that. So let's do that. Uh, and, or, Hey, let's RPO it. And we're very good at that. And that's what we did. Um, was this your first year there at the high school? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I've only been there since June. So first year. Oh, so you just had your first season. How did it go for the first one? Uh, we finished four and six. Um, so obviously not what you ever want to finish at, but um, played a lot of close games, lost to the district champions in overtime, um, you know, and, and played some close games, scored a lot of points in, in, in a lot of games. So we saw improvement there with points and yards and touchdowns. Um, our defense did a phenomenal job in a lot of games, you know, keeping us in. They were. I believe a uh, top 20 or top 25 defense in DFW hmm. statistically, um, which was awesome. You know, put us in a lot of good situations and were able to to help us when we, you know, you, when we weren't scoring. Right. And that's what we had to talk to the kids about was learning how to play complimentary, fo- mm-hmm. complimentary football mm-hmm. is, you know, hey, if they make a stop, we need to go get points. Right. Or, you know, if, if we do have a turnover or we're getting stalled out, they're making stops. They're keeping us in games, and special teams has to be good. So just kids learning football and learning situations like, hey, third and three in this area of the field, this is probably what you can expect. 
but there's so many things going on in their head mm -hmm. as a 16 year old kid the band's playing and you got you know your 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 fans down here on the field you got the this group of guys running around with their chest painted mm -hmm. and it's homecoming and you know your homecoming dates and whatever it is you just never know <laughs> right yeah um so but just trying to get them to learn more football of hey all of a sudden look how much tighter this five technique is what do you think mm -hmm. might happen and do they see it and we got to that point late in the season so hopefully uh our plan is to continue to build off that as guys see pictures you know are they going to be able to see safety stacks and understand where the pressure's coming from probably not but if they can start seeing hey man this d end all of a sudden they usually play a loose five mm -hmm. all of a sudden he's dang near a head up something's up right so i've got to be able to get my feet in the ground quick and then adjust something's probably coming to that c gap and if something's leaving something's coming yep and stay in your gap and trust it and you know don't don't chase ghosts yep. and don't lose your eyes so we got to where we we're getting better at that and coach Coke and myself are hoping we can continue to build off that as well i'm gonna steal that phrase don't chase ghosts i'm always like I always say, don't waste energy. Like, what are you doing chasing this guy? We, we're, we're not meant to run. <laughs> like, what are mm -hmm. you doing? Like, we don't need to – another good play for us was toss. And I always told him, like, if you're running toss and or even power, the guy leaves, why are you chasing him? Look back inside. Like, don't waste time, you know? So you got to pull her coming, brother. Just – Yeah. Sometimes you got to stay in that gap. Yeah. You know, I'm like, hey, guys, you know, we can – we can. We don't have to look athletic, but we can be athletic. But let's not waste energy now. Like we, we're we're quick in a four yard distance. Outside of that, we don't need to be <laughs> any quicker than we need to be. You know, like yeah. And, it, yeah. When we were uh, we were sitting in a meeting this year, and um, it's something Coach Riley used to always say, and I, and I said it to our kids at a high school. I was like, you know, you're a big ship with a small rudder. I was like, you guys know what a rudder is? It's that thing that helps you steer, yeah. right? Okay, you're a huge ship. But it's hard to change direction sometimes. Okay, mm -hmm. some of you are a little bit stiffer. You got to yep. work on that. But um, it's harder for us to change direction. And, you know, with the power read game, that's that's tough. As you're telling this kid, hey, you can allow this guy to run over the top. Mm -hmm. But I've got to go. I know what you want to do. But I'm telling you, somebody's coming behind you. So let him flow over the top. We can pick it up. You take the next one. And guess what? If that place on linebacker is running out of the box, and the backside linebacker's over the top, and we pull for him, get connected, you fit up on the third-level safety, and we keep that ball, the referee's making the tackle, okay? Right. So <laughs> yeah. let's make sure we know what we're doing here. And, you know, all of a sudden you're running in practice, and here they come. They're they're trying to come off of the double team, and you're just ah, you're like, man. But just, it's a learning curve. Yep. It is. And that's the that's the fun part about the power read game and the gap read game. Yeah. Well, especially because um, I tell the kids, I don't know where power is going to hit. I can, I, I would love for it to hit B-gap, like when we all grew up, 44 power, 34 power, whatever people call it. I, I'm like, I don't know. And they go, and the kids, when I first got to the school, I got there in the, during the COVID year. And they go, what do you mean you don't know where it's going to go? And I'm like, guys, I don't. I can tell you how they're probably going to line up, but it is high school ball, so a kid is going to screw up or – a coach is going to outsmart himself and try to move differently than what we thought. So it might hit B gap. It might hit a gap for all I know, 
It could hit C-gap for all I know. So that's why we have to drill. All right, our skip pole is going to hit quicker because here's where the gap is. So then the problem I run into is they try to go too quick. And so before they allow that down double team to come through, they'll hit here. Then the double team is happening, and now the running back's trying to bounce it. Nobody's there. Gets killed. And then they're yelling at me, well, what happened? Well, for once, the the guard was fast and got there too quick. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. or they're too slow. The double team, instead of coming downhill, the guy slants. Now it becomes more vertical. He tries to go around, running, whatever. And then they're yelling at me, and I'm like, well – you see, the defensive lineman actually did his job and moved with the pressure. And so, you know, and that's that's the big thing is what happened, Steve? I'm like, well, can it just be that the D lineman beat us? Like, there's nothing yeah, I can really no doubt. It's a thankless no job. So, trying to get five and, and then you start adding tight ends and, and fullbacks or whatever. You know, you start getting some 12 personnel. You're, you're trying to get seven people to do one thing. Yeah. And that you're you're over half the offense at that point. It's like, hey, somebody's going to get beat. <laughs> like, yeah. In a perfect scenario, yeah, could everybody sustain their block for three seconds and you hit a 25-yard run every time? Golly, that'd be great, but it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Yeah. And it's going to get messy. you got to go get some nasty yards, and and that's the fun part about it. And that's why inside run is so much fun, and um, that's one of the, that's my favorite part of the week. I love inside run. We get two days of it, and it's, it's fast and furious, and – we're doing offense versus, you know, whatever defense we're facing that week against ones versus ones, twos versus twos. And then you flip it, you hand me the cards like old times, and it's <laughs> their scout O versus yep. our defense. And it's just fun. And um, the kids have to, you know, they they start to see like, all right, this, this can be fun. Hey, this is mm-hmm. a physical 15, 20 minutes. So you better buckle up and, and you're going. It's these guys that are playing Friday night are getting the reps. Let's just be, let's just be real guys. You got to get these looks Yeah, and we're going to rep it. <laughs> yeah. And then another thing I adapted was, um, I look at our practice plan. Let's say, you know, cause our kids, we don't, we, we, they have to go both ways, not all of them, but they do, or they have to practice both ways. I, I'm trying to take the feed the cats approach from coach Holler and like, how can we be faster? How can we be fresher? And, so coming to this year, I would look at the practice plan, talk to the D- defense, and say, okay, what do you have to work on an individual today? Are you guys going to hit more one-on-one? What are you doing? If they say yes, I go, okay, I'm not going to hit my individual time. And even the head coach before was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, we're going to hit hand shields. We're going to work on our steps. We're going to take it easy because of the fact that they're hitting in defense. And we have inside run planned today for offense. And we're going to do team. So I don't want them to just hit and bang all over the place. We can thud a little bit, keep their heads out of it. And then hopefully inside runs better and they're not exhausted and teams better. And the thing that happened this year was there were a couple teams. We roll in with like 40, they're rolling in with like 65. We outlasted some teams this year for the first time. And I'm not saying this is why, but I'd have to think this is one of the things that changed that up front if it was a battle, like we won a game 21-7, what happened was we, I think we broke their spirit because they just, we just kept going and going and going and stopping them. And we just kept getting long drives. And I remember like week four, I was like, guys, how do we feel? And they go, we actually feel pretty good. And it was the first time that really no old lineman got hurt this year for the first time in my time here. And I'm like, maybe this had something to do with it. That's another thing I've changed is 
I mean, we'll hit and team and all that. Like, there's no question. But I also am keeping track of how much and seeing, like, how our bodies are reacting, especially because of going both ways. Now, if we were just offense, yeah, we'd probably hit a little bit. But then – No doubt. But like you said, you're thinking about scouts. Well, if these kids have to turn around and play scout for defense or whatever mm-hmm. and they're hitting again. So I have to put that into consideration. And I think what started to happen was the the visual stuff of where to block, how to block, how to get there, and stuff like that started to become better. And we had a young quarterback, so I'd help him out. And so the old schoolness in me is leaving. Like it's it's gone. It's, it's slowly going. <laughs> it's 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 not leaving. You're just it's called growth. You're okay, no we'll, we'll we'll do that. <laughs> we'll call that. Because our head coach played um, linebacker at North Central up here in Illinois, and you know they win they win national championships in Division Three like every year, and it's hard for him to have that type of mindset at first because he's a linebacker at heart. He still looks like a linebacker, and he's like, "Why can't we just hit people? Why can't we just lay them out?" And I'm like, "Well, they're not you. They're not these big guys that are just going to do this." And I remember him coming down one day going, well, aren't you going to do one-on-one? Aren't you going to do this? I was like, no, we're, we're going to get hand shield out. We're going to work on our wide zone, have the visual of the hand shield of getting to the outside number and knee into the crotch and do this stuff. And um, Really? I'm like, yeah. I said, them hitting all the time is not going to make them tougher. So hopefully less hitting makes them want to hit. And I had two kids actually come up to me. When are we going to hit? And I'm like, oh, here in about 15 minutes. And then they finally get to hit, and then they feel better. And so yep. the, the, the new school way is starting to take over. You know, I'll, I'm 33, so I guess I can't call myself old school, but that's how we all learned was old school, old school, dump water on your head, you're good. Uh, oh, you got a headache? Go away. Like that type of thing. Um, what, one thing that I'm curious about that I asked people last year was when you get to a new place – how do you walk in and like get the kids to buy into what you're selling? Like that's cause I've coached at seven different schools. And like when you walk in, it is intimidating to walk in to get assistant coaches to buy in. Like you, you were lucky you knew some and but how do you get the kids to buy in like your room? Like how do you walk in and say, I'm going to get them to pick up what I'm putting down? Yeah. It's, you know, it's hard. It is. And young kids aren't very trusting at first. They're, Younger kids and high school kids especially are a lot smarter than people give them credit for yeah. because they see things and they try to pick up on things. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I was joking with our, our senior left tackle. And, you know, he was a kid that at first wasn't showing up to summer workouts. Then he started coming more. Then he started learning more. And we were on him. I mean, I was on him like crazy yeah. trying to get – and I told him, I said, I'm going to take you like a wet towel – and I'm going to wring everything out of you until I can't anymore. And that thing's going to be bone dry by the time the season's over with. And, you know, after the last game, we were sitting there kind of joking around. I was like, I know you hated my guts. I know you did. But I hope you were able to see improvement. He goes, this is the most fun I've had. And um, he was a kid that was a second-team all-district kid, first-team all-city. And was just playing with an edge. And when we kind of hit the bye week, Uh he was starting to kind of hit that plateau a little bit, starting to kind of take a little bit of a dip. And we talked to him after a meeting. We're like, right now, you have five guaranteed games left. If you get an opportunity to play at the next level, great. If you don't, it's okay. And, you know, you're going to have a plan for that. And But for the next five weeks, 
this can be the most fun that you've ever had. And he started lighting it on fire. It was like, it, it kind of clicked with him a little bit, you know, a kid that won't turn 18 until next August, but will graduate high school. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, if I could get another year with that kid, that'd be fun. But, yeah. you know, obviously you can't, but, you know, he's, he's sitting there like, golly, like, I wish I would have taken it a little bit more seriously. It's like, yep. Yep. You know, and unfortunately, that is sometimes the reality for kids when it's too late. But um, he's like, man, I really did have a lot of fun this year. He goes, you know, it's it, it, it's hard. And I was like, you know, sometimes you don't see the process through the madness of it. But you start to see a byproduct of working hard and pushing yourself to new limits. And it was getting him to understand you are better than what you've put on film the last two years. Right. And you had to learn how to push yourself. And I had to get you to that point by staying on you about every little thing, Mm -hmm. whether it was turning in a grade sheet or taking the proper step, your hat placement on a backside four eye or whatever it was, making you do it three and four times before you got it right to get you to understand the detail of it. And if he never plays another snap of football, that's okay, but he finished something that was a lot harder than he anticipated this year, and he answered the bell when it was tough, and that's what that's what's important is mm-hmm. that that kid finished strong and he finished the year on the right foot yep. and was able to see success from making himself work harder than he had been. Right. And then, like you said, now the younger kids are going to see that, hey, this coach is really about us, he's really going to do the best, and now – like you said, that the culture building of that is, I always say, like, you always build a house with culture. You're setting the foundation right now, and then next year you're going to start building up the wall and all that stuff. And, and I know the culture is the buzzword, and it's thrown around a lot. And until I find a new word for what that's called, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've tried. Last, this podcast last summer, <laughs> I tried. I was asking people, I don't know what's called anymore. And, you know, the only thing that people told me was, just call it the standard. Like, this is the standard. You don't have to say culture. It's the standard of what we do. And I know, um, but coaches still call it culture, but like I said, it's the buzzword ESPN throws it around. And I'm like, you people don't know what culture means. So just shut up. Like Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. yeah, And it is a standard, you know, it's, it's redefining your standard sometimes is what you have to figure out. And, you know, it's, it's those freshmen that, well, this worked in junior high. Yeah. That's great. I'm really glad it did, but, what's the new standard? How are you going to get to the next part? You know, and you just want to be good or you want to be great. Yep. You know, you want to, yeah, you know, I was a good player. Hey, I was a great player. I was detail oriented. I was a kid who was always there. I, they had to kick me out of the weight room or are you a self-starter? You know, that's, that's the thing is, is being a self-starter is, is so rare now. And how can you get better? Can you learn how to coach yourself? Um, or asking questions that before it's even thought of is is huge. And because you never know, you know, not being afraid to speak up in a meeting when you're not understanding something. Uh-huh. Because if you don't get it, the chances of somebody else wanting to ask the same question but being nervous too because they don't know how to ask it are very, very high. And yeah. you might as well ask because your question is probably going to help about six other people in that meeting room. Yeah, yeah. And you can't be scared to speak up. It's like that in the classroom too. If you're lost – and it's like we tell them, we don't, we don't know what you don't know. Like, we, we don't – I can't read your mind. Right. I, I wish I could. Yeah. If I could, 
I still wouldn't sleep at night. But <laughs> yeah, but you know, if if you're not understanding something, say, hey, coach, can you slow that down or can you break it down a little a little simpler because I'm not tracking with you, and then let's figure out a way that you can learn it. But if you're not tracking with me, you're not tracking with the OC, with the head coach, what they're saying. We're not going to be successful. You're going to play slow. Yep. But if you start learning it and you can play fast, we're going to be successful because the good things are going to happen. They're right. going to when you trust the process and you and you and you lean into that standard and you hold yourself to a standard. But it, it comes with time. It's a learning process for everyone. If for everybody in different and everybody learns in different rates. Nobody learns the same, as right. as we all know. Yeah. Well, Coach, I appreciate your time. This has been fun. I know it's late. Um, you know, especially for somebody like me who's old and has to do basketball and then <laughs> do this. But um, I really do appreciate dropping some knowledge there. I wanted to end on a good note with the culture standard stuff. I like – wasn't a lot of scheme, but I like talking the outside stuff. You know, like you said, a coach said this to me before. He's like, we all run the same stuff. It's just called different and we might do different footwork, but it's – at the end of the day, we're building relationships. We're getting the kids to play and uh, keeping relationships with coaches and doing all that stuff. So that's what it's all about. Yes, sir. It's you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's got to be about the kids, and it's it's got to be about that program and what you're doing. And it's it's so easy to look ahead, and sometimes it's it's hard for us, even as adults, to you know water water the grass where you're at. Yeah, and it can be difficult yeah. because you might be looking for something new, but. Yeah. You just never know how you're going to impact that kid or even that other guy in the office with you. You just don't. And that's the important piece of it. Yeah. Well, you get better at that when you get older. Trust me. When I was younger, whoo, did not care. <laughs> did not care if I offended a coach or not. And then I got a little bit older and got put in my place. And I'm like, never mind. Never mind. And now it's, you know, now I know how to talk to people and build and, and do that stuff. Like, I would come off as the kid that's like, I know everything. And then when I start branching, I'm like, I know nothing and took a skill back. Especially when I was 24, 25-year-old OC, forget about it. You think you know everything. And then you quickly Listen realize up. you know nothing. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, no, I appreciate you reaching out. and It was fun. So I, uh, I've i got some Chick-fil-A that I'm, I'm going to have to go eat. So, um, Like a true but, lineman. Yeah. Like a true lineman. All right. <laughs> You know, it was funny. We were joking about it. We uh, did kind of a fundraiser at the school and did a pie eating contest. Yeah, and of yeah. course, you get you get voluntold to do that. So, yeah. Um, and winners win. I'm just telling you. <laughs> just, so, Coach Holloway kind of laughed. He goes, "You gonna win? Said, Come on! Of course, it's an eating competition. I was born to do this, so um, I had to win that one." So. You should get a belt with that and put it on the wall. Like every year, you got to try to win this belt back from the pie eating chain. Well, they, they gave me a trophy that's about this big, oh. and I got a certificate, so it is what it is. Yeah, you got to get a belt. You got to get a belt and put it up there. Then you wear it the next time you come out there and be like, "You want this? You got to come get it." To be the man, you got to beat Just the lay man. On, lay it on the table for him. <laughs> well, coach, I appreciate you so much. Yes, sir. Absolutely, it was fun. Appreciate you reaching out.